we came back in, uh, I guess it's been almost a year, a year and a couple months since we've been here in Ohio. And when we first came to Ohio, the Lord wanted me to speak about the vision of the house. And, and there, was, there was some things that we released in, at that time. But as I was in Rhode Island, I was in Rhode Island this past uh, last week or so. And the Lord began to speak to me. And he said, it's time to get the house in order. He says, it's time to get the house in order. And he says, I want you to begin to share and cast vision for the house. He said, but not just for the house. I want you to cast vision for the region. Because, see, we're calling ourselves the Emerging Streams Apostolic Center. And I don't just take that word apostolic center for granted. So there's going to be some things that I'm going to share today. Because I didn't know that until we did our outreach in Bryan, that there's a different meaning for the apostolic here in Ohio. Apostolic here in Ohio is a totally different meaning than what we are talking about apostolic. When, I take, when I'm talking about apostolic, I'm talking about the fivefold ministry being established, the government of heaven being established here on earth to see the body of Christ being established and we begin to function in the fullness of the kingdom of God. But there's another apostolic here that they wear the long black skirts and they do a lot of different stuff and they're very religious and conservative. I had no idea that even existed. I had no idea. Praise God, I didn't know though. So, I want to speak about the apostolic vision for a minute. And some of the key points that I'm going to talk about this morning is going to be, what is the apostolic? How is it relevant today? Is it still even available? And what is, its, its, what is its function? What does it look like to function in the apostolic? So, since we all, all are at church, we should probably all have our Bibles. If not, you have your mobile phone that has your Bible. I'm guilty. I do the mobile phone thing. But let's turn to Ephesians 4. Holy Ghost. I'm going to read out of Ephesians 4, starting at verse 11. And it reads this. Now these are the gifts that Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors, and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do His work and to build up the church and the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. I love what this says right here. It says, then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies that are so clever that they sound like truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more to be like Christ, who is the head of this body and the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. That's what the apostolic is about. That everybody would begin to function and the part and their place that they have been called and their gifting and their calling. See, not everybody's called to be a pastor. Not everybody's called to be a teacher or an evangelist. Not everybody's called to be an apostle. But you are all called to be ministers of the gospel. Every one of you in this place is a minister of the gospel. Every one of you carries the, 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 the authority of heaven to release the good news. Nobody in here, if you believe, listen, if you are a believer and you have given your life to the Lord and surrendered to the Lord, every one of you is a carrier of His presence. That means heaven resides on you and the power of heaven comes out of you. You see, everything under the apostolic lenses changes. 
you see, you begin to see the Father's heart because the Father's heart is to build. The Father's heart is to build. That's the Apostle. He wants to build. He wants to position. He wants to establish. He wants to see heaven on earth. He wants to see the sons and daughters being established, being equipped to come out of the junk, to rise him up, to, 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 to position him for greatness. That's the apostle, the father's heart. You see, the father desires to always speak to his children. He's always telling them who they are. Always telling them who they are. That's the prophet. The prophet is always telling you the Father's heart and who they are and who, who the Father is in them and out of them and through them. The Father's always chasing after you. He's always chasing us. He's like, son, daughter, what are you doing? Come back. Come back. That's the evangelist. That's the evangelism that we would go to the highways and the byways. The Father's always teaching the children. He's always trying to build them up. Teaching them a better way. Those are the teachers. You see, I'm talking about the fivefold and what it looks like and how they function. The teachers are always teaching how to build up and they're teaching a better way. And you'll know the teachers. They're the ones that are always overthinking sometimes. They're overthinking. And I like, I love the teachers because, you know, they challenge me. I love, I, I remember when we first came here a year ago, Jeff, oh, Jeff, I love Jeff. But I would preach a word and Jeff would be like, well, you know, it also says in there, blah, 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 blah. I said, you are so right, man. And I said, let, and, and me and him would be like, well, well, let's ponder that thought for a little bit. But see, that's because the teacher that's inside of him. And as an apostle, I can, I can pull back that gift and say, and I can recognize the gifting and the calling because that's my gift. And my, part of the gifting and the calling as an apostolic leader is to say, listen, I see the calling in your life that I want to bring you up because my whole thing is to build. I want to build you. I want to, I want to see you elevated. I want to see you because that's the Father's heart. That's His heart for us. And part of that is like, uh, I can't go there yet. But So the Father's, you see, ay, 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 ay. So, the Father is always wanting to teach the children. That's His heart. See, we're looking through the apostolic lenses. And the apostolic lenses is the Father wants to build the apostle. The Father wants to tell you His heart. He wants to share the deepest intimate secrets with you. That's the prophet. The Father is always wanting to cover His children. They're all, look. That's the Father's heart. You know, so-and-so keeps making a mistake. I know, but I love them so much. Oh, God. That's the pastoral. They just want to cover. They just want to cover and like, it's okay. Get up. Get up. You did. It's okay. That's the pastoral. Amen? Are you guys understanding what I'm saying so far? We good? You see, when our house is an apostolic house, the apostolic covering and the heavenly supernatural things will begin to manifest. You see, my days of doing church, I, I grew up in church, and for those who know my story, you know, you're, you're kind of familiar with it, but if not, i got an awesome DVD, sorry about that. Wow. That hasn't happened since my dad passed away. <clears throat> Just a second. 
I've done church, so I know what church is like. You know, we do church and we go, we know how to do it. But there was a difference because it was a pastor-led church. Listen, the church of America, the church as we know it, it always, if you look, and, and that's why it's, it, it's important to understand the apostolic house. That we're not being led by one person's vision. A pastor-led ministry is where the pastor is the prophet, he's the apostle, he's, the, he's all those things, but it's really motivated out of fear. It's a ministry that becomes motivated out of fear because they're, they're fearful of, for allowing people to step into position where they're supposed to be. But the apostle wants people in their position. He's like, come on! I need the evangelists, I need the prophets. We need that because where we're going as a house, God is establishing the order of the apostolic in this place. You see, an apostolic covering, supernatural things begin to manifest because the government of heaven is being established in a place. And when the government of heaven is, is in place, then heaven begins to respond to the authority of heaven. The angelic encounters will happen. People would begin to have encounters with Jesus. The apostle will train you. He stretches you. He equips you. And he blesses you. And he pulls out the gifts from inside of you. And I can, my, my team will probably confirm this for me. But that's my job for them. I'm always stretching on them. I'm always pulling. And they even tell me, oh, God, you're always pulling on me. You're always stretching this. Oh, you're getting me out of my comfort zone. But that's my job. Because I want to see them flourish. Come on, right? I mean, I want the very best. When the fivefold is established, it brings clarity. It brings restoration to the body and to the land. To the land. There is a heavenly governmental shifting that takes place when the apostolic is established. And everybody in this place gets to be a part of that, that overflow. Now, being an apostle, and these are just some questions and stuff that I, I, I'm, I kind of put together, my thoughts during my study. Being an apostle, most people think you've got to be 70 years old. You see, the old wineskin in ministry, the old wineskin in ministry is where one person does everything. It's where one person does everything. The new wineskin under the apostolic is where you see every believer being equipped to do the works. Does that make sense? Listen, I don't want to do it all. My thing is like, Lord, position people where they need to be so we can see the fullness of heaven being established because there's a lot more to come. The Lord's about to do something. Let's, uh, let's turn to Acts 8, 4. <laughs> you see, I, I have been that type of person. I'm, I'm going to be transparent with you guys for a little bit, okay? I have been that guy for a long time that was anti-apostle, anti-prophet. Now, when I say that, I mean anti-title. Because, see, I saw such a distortion. I saw such a, a, um, an abuse of the word that everybody and their mother was an apostle. Everybody. I heard Rick Joyner one time say that. He says, you can throw a rock in a building and you'll hit about 30 apostles now. 
I've been to a service where everybody being ordained is being ordained as apostles. I'm like, God, if everybody's an apostle, if everybody's a prophet, but every, nobody has a void, nobody's hearing you. So, so me, and, and I, I admit, you know, I, I would make those jokes. Like, oh, apostle, here's your gold mic. You know, and, but the Lord began to deal with my heart when I was in Rhode Island. And he said, you realize what you're dealing with is false humility. He said, we need to redefine what the apostolic really truly looks like. Even though they're doing what they're doing, that does not look like me. And he says, you need to begin to call it what it is. And if you're going to be an apostolic center, then we need to set precedence in what God is going to do in this place. We're going to see the fivefold manifested here in this place. Because, see, we're going to see the people of Stryker, Defiance, Archibald, and all the surrounding areas, Toledo, wherever people come from, that they would be able to be impacted and transformed. Impacted. Listen, if we're just doing church, and only the people that are coming are being blessed, then we're, we're still missing the mark. Because, see, the apostolic will have a global impact. Everybody in this room is called to be a minister of the Lord. And I think that's the big part because in society what happens is in what we're seeing in this Christian realm, everybody's looking for a title. Everybody wants to be ordained. Everybody, And that, those are good things. There's nothing wrong with that. But you've already been approved. You've already been approved by God. He says, now go and preach the gospel to all the nations. That's your mandate. God has given you commissioning papers already. In Acts 4, I'm sorry, in Acts 8, verse 4, it says this. Although the believers were scattered by persecution, they preached the wonderful news of the word of God Everywhere they went. That's everywhere. That's at Walmart. That's at the Starbucks. Everywhere you go, you would preach the good news. Mark 16. And we know the scriptures. God, we, we, we know these scriptures so good. Mark 16, verses 17 and 18 says this. And he said to them, as you go into all the world, Preach openly the wonderful news of the gospel to the entire human race. That God was pretty specific. He said the entire human race. Whosoever believes in the good news and is baptized will be saved, and whosoever does not believe the good news will be condemned. And these miracles and signs will accompany those who what? Believe. How many of you believe in here? It says that signs and wonders will accompany those who believe. That's a big one for me. I love to see the power and the glory of God manifest wherever we go. Come on. <clears throat> they will drive out demons and the power of my name. They will speak in tongues. They will supernaturally protect be protected from snakes and drinking anything poisonous, and they will lay hands on the sick and heal them. So don't take the whole snake thing literal and grabbing snakes. and It's not smart. Use wisdom. John 14, 12 says this. I tell you timeless truth. The person who follows me in faith, believing in me, will do the same, uh, come on, listen, listen. listen to this, I tell you a timeless truth, that's the Lord saying, I tell you a timeless truth, the person who follows me in faith, believing in me, will do the same mighty miracles that I do, even greater 
miracles than these because I go to be with my Father. For I will do whatever you ask me to do when you ask me in my name. And that is how the Son will show what the Father is really like and bring glory to Him. Ask me anything in my name, and I will do it for you. He's not saying, Apostle, ask me anything in my name. He's not saying, Pastor, he's talking to the body. He says, everyone, ask me in my name, and I will do it for you. Come on. That's a lot of glory. And you don't need a name on your business card for it. Come on, Jesus. First Corinthians. First Corinthians 14 says this. Oh, Holy Ghost. It is good that you're enthusiastic and passionate about spiritual gifts especially about prophecy. When someone speaks in tongues, no one understands a word that he says because he's not speaking to people, but to God. He is speaking intimate mysteries in the Spirit, but when someone prophesies, he speaks to encourage people, to build them up, and to bring comfort. It's the prophet. But guess what? You are all called to prophesy. Because, see, how many of you believe in the Holy Spirit? Come on, everybody should have their hands up for this one. And Holy Spirit lives inside of you. So you got the gift of healing, and you got the gift of prophecy, you got all these gifts, but guess what? All of those gifts come from Holy Spirit. So if Holy Spirit is inside of you, that means you contain all the gifts. And I know the word says, some are given the gift of prophecy, some are given. Listen, every one of you is qualified to receive the gifts of the Holy Spirit. But there's seasons that the Lord will begin to give you and magnify a certain gift in you. Everyone should prophesy. But that doesn't mean you're a prophet. See, and I think that's where the big, we get a big misconception that everybody's prophesying so now because they begin to hear God, now they want the title on their card that says, I'm a prophet. Come on. And I could go deeper into all this stuff, but I encourage you guys, if you have not taken our class, the, the School of the Prophets, we have, a, we have a DVD session. It's probably in the store. Get that. It's a nine-week class that we taught here about understanding the prophetic. Hebrews 5, 12 says this, Hebrews 5.12. I'll give you a moment to find that. Hebrews 5.12 says this. <clears throat> For you should already be professors, instructing others by now. But instead, you need to be taught from the beginning the basics of God's prophetic oracles. <clears throat> Romans, I mean, uh, Hebrews 5.12, in this passage, what it's talking about, it's saying that you should already be professors, instructing others by now. He's saying that every one of you in this place is called to be a teacher. You can teach. Teachers. He's talking about the teachers. <clears throat> so I'm going to ask you a question. <clears throat> How do you recognize the marks of a true apostle? But how do you recognize the marks of a true apostle? <clears throat> Number one. People should immediately be able to recognize the Jesus inside of you. They need to be able to recognize the Jesus inside of you. <clears throat> the apostle 
should be operating in the supernatural realms. I've, I've known people that, that carry a title of an apostle, but they don't pray for healing because they don't function in the healing. Well, then you're not an apostle. Because the apostle will function in the supernatural realms and the presence and the glory of God. In Acts 4.23, it says this. Acts 4.23. The apostles worked great signs and wonders. They exercised the authority over the works of darkness. 2 Corinthians 12.12. Paul shows us is a sign of what a true apostle looks like with the ability to perform miracles. You can look that up. Number three, the apostles are able to interpret what God is doing in a season. The apostles are those that will lay themselves down for the church. You see, in this, I want to say, if I can say like this, the, uh, this move where everybody is, is, is labeling themselves an apostle, they, they create a, a, a pyramid-type ministry. And in this pyramid ministry, they label themselves as the very top, and what they do is they begin to put people underneath them. And then as the people come underneath them, what they do is they expect them to pay them a certain wage to build up their ministry. And now it becomes a networking pyramid scheme. Well, well, I've got 45 churches under me. Well, I've got so many churches under me. But the reality is the, the apostle, the apostolic, gets flipped upside down. Because the apostle is the one that wants to build you up and raise you up. <clears throat> the apostle will recognize the fivefold gifts and the people. In the body. They will recognize the anointing and they will set order in the church. To establish the ministry, the prophet, the teacher, the pastor, the evangelist, the apostle. <clears throat> One of the first things to see in apostolic house being established, the very first thing we need to do is have an apostolic alignment. The second thing we need to do is make sure that the people of the house, the people of the congregation, have a kingdom understanding of their identity, knowing who God is and who you are in Him. Listen, I, I wholeheartedly believe this. And, and everywhere, even where I travel, if I'm doing itinerant stuff, I make it a point to spend at least 20 minutes telling people who they are and who God is in them. Because if we know who God is, then we know who we are, then we know what we've been given, and then we know that we have an inheritance that we need to begin to, to release on people. <clears throat> the apostle will begin to equip the saints for ministry, training them how to walk in authority, how to heal the sick, how to raise the dead, offer training, empowering the body to see who and how. They have to give view of what the pastor looks like. Because see, we've been so indoctrinated that And I, I, maybe I'm just speaking for myself. I can't say for everybody else, but for me, I've never been a part of an apostolic house. I've always been a part of a, a pastor-led ministry where the pastor was the one that did it all. And I never was able to see what it was truly supposed to look like. But we would give a new view of a pastor, discovering the heart of the pastor, because, see, the pastor is the one that connects Remember we talked about it. He's the one that covers the bride.
What is God doing right now at Emerging Streams? What is he doing right now at Emerging Streams? God is raising us up as an apostolic center. We are going to be the containers of the new wineskin. See, I'm going to cast vision with you guys today. We would be containers. An apostolic center is a regional resource center that is established to prove everything necessary for churches in a region to grow and multiply. You know, we get calls and we get emails from people in the region. We've had people just come into the building asking for deliverance. I mean, they, they're saying they're possessed, they're this and that, they're, they're dealing with stuff. And I said, well, listen, where do you attend church? Well, I attend so and so down the road. And see, we don't want to dishonor people. If you have a pastor, if you have an apostle, listen, you should go to them. We don't want to dishonor. And this is what they're telling us. No, my pastor knows about you guys. And they're telling them to send them here. They're sending their people from their church to be, to be set free. They're sending their people to be, to be healed. Why? Because they know this is a regional resource center that people can come to be healed and set free. That's what it looks like to be an apostolic center. A hub. I mean, we, we, we are a church. We, we assemble. But guess what? You are the church. When two of you gather, you're having church. But that people would come to be set free. So we need to redefine what it looks like and what our purpose is here. An apostolic center. Back in 2015, I guess, maybe, no, 2014, the Lord gave me this vision of what it was going to look like to be an apostolic center. And I saw a huge wagon wheel. And on this wagon wheel, there was a spoke. But in the middle of this wagon wheel, there was a big hub. It was a hub. And this hub had the ministries. Every spoke was a ministry of the Holy Spirit that was being shot out from the hub. We had television we had dance and media. We had outreach. We had all these different things coming from the hub. But the hub was the main source. That's why sometimes you hear me say, hey, meet me at the hub. This is the hub. I had no idea when we came to Ohio that we were going to be connected with the emerging streams. Before I came to Ohio, I released a prophetic word on the Elijah list. And the word that I released on the Elijah list was, the emerging streams are here. Six months later, I'm in emerging streams. I saw in this encounter, I saw the, there was a huge mountain. And this mountain, the streams were coming down. And as these streams came down, they landed on a big pool. It was a big pool, but it was the emerging streams. They came together as one. That's the hub. And then the Lord showed me where they landed. It, it was called the Reservoir of Heaven. It was the Reservoir of Heaven, guys. Come on. Huh. I love that kid. The hub, what we're doing here, where we're going. The first sign of an apostolic house, and see, I'm casting vision because I need you to hear my heart because this is where we're going. And if everybody in this place, if you consider emerging streams to be your home or your new home, then I want you to know what you're a part of because you, this is all inclusive together. We're going to go somewhere. We're going to see revival hit this place. We're going to see Ohio ablaze. We will. 
The first sign of an apostolic house is the constant release of visions and revelation. The apostolic house will be seen through vision and revelation. The house must be able to discern and embrace what God is saying in order to do and release the impartation to the people and its regions. Come on. The second sign of an apostolic house is the power and authority that is received and demonstrated. And it is open heavens over that house. The people and the region and their placement. They create gateways in the spirit realm and release people into higher levels of living in the kingdom of God. They create gateways. Oh, I like that. The third sign of an apostolic house is that they are specially graced to accomplish their assignments. There's a grace from heaven that sits upon the apostolic houses. Because, see, we are going to be a regional resource center There is an enabling power given to the apostles that is released in their houses and ministries to help the region and the people. To help the region and the people. I love it. We recently did an outreach in, in Bryan. Most of us were, were able to be a part of that. But we literally went and flooded the city of Bryan handing out flyers, loving on people. We had our teams out there. They were praying for people on the streets. People were getting healed. People were getting saved and set free right there in the city of Bryan. And everybody knew that the kingdom of heaven was being demonstrated in city of Bryan. We transformed a region. That's the apostolic. That we would get to love on people. The, first, the fourth sign of an apostolic house is the manifestations of signs, wonders, and the mighty deeds. There is, a, there is a releasing of the spiritual gifts, and the ministry gifts, they become mobilized. People will be launched. People that come will be trained, they will be equipped, and they will be launched. That's the apostolic house. There are schools of healing where people will be taught. People are being healed. People are being trained. People are being activated in the gifts of the Spirit. The fifth sign of an apostolic house is a house. It's known to be a house of deliverance. Come on. I was in a room right here a while back, and worship broke out. And I had a man break out, demonically possessed, man. Manifested, started slamming on the walls, attacked me. I'm on the floor. I mean, because where there's light, there can't be darkness. They will be known as a house of deliverance. Oftentimes, you will see schools of deliverances being established in the apostolic houses. That we would become a hospital, like like a healing room. Like, who's demonic? You got demons? Send them to the emerging streams. That's what they do there. Come on in. How many demons you got? Four? Come on. Why? Because there's a power and authority that we carry. How's that song go? I ain't afraid of no ghost. It's true. Because the violence taken by force and animal God inside of me is a lot stronger than any demon in this world. If we truly believe, because it says the signs and wonders will follow those who believe. They will become a deliverance clinic to a region, and that's already happening. 
I've had four churches send their people here to be set free. And I even asked him, is this okay with your pastor? Is this okay? He said, no, my pastor personally told me to come. Crazy. But praise God. Praise God. Hmm. Jesus said, where devils are cast out, the kingdom of God is established. The sixth, the apostolic will dig wells. You see, we get to partner with the wells of the past in this place. This place was a thriving ministry many, many, many years ago. And there was wells that were dug in this place. And I'm talking to the Spirit. There was miracles and signs and wonders. There was a move of God that was in this region. This place was known as a hub for all of northwestern Ohio. They used to do media and television. They would have revival, Holy Ghost camp meetings in this place. I've seen pictures where there's hundreds of people all over this place. In that sanctuary, they had over 900 people, 1,200 people. Hungry for God. There were wells of revival that were in this place. See, that's what it looks like to have an apostolic house. That we get to partner with those wells. The strength of the apostolic anointing in a house will cause the wells to be dug in the lives of the people that are connected to that house. Guess what? When you get connected to an apostolic house, the wells begin to get dug inside of you. And those mantles begin to rest upon you. You get to partner with heaven for what he's doing in the region. The people of that house will begin to prosper financially. The favor of heaven comes upon those who are connected with an apostolic house. All of a sudden, they're getting a job. All of a sudden, they're, they're getting a raise. All of a sudden, their hours are, are going to get better. They get a new car. They have more money to sow. Things that happen because of their connection to what God is doing in the house. You see, that's why it's important that we see the the government of heaven being established. It can't be about me, and it never will be about me. It's always about God. People will begin to prosper. They will start owning businesses. They will get involved in economical developments in the area. People will pay their tithes and give offerings. Because I'm telling you, because sometimes we begin to hold on to things that belong to God. We do. We hold on to things that belong to God. But being connected, the favor of heaven comes and there's more to give. The region begins to receive a facelift. Let me, let, me, let me give you an, ex an explanation. When an apostolic house is established in a region, the region has to respond to the glory of God. And the favor of God begins to manifest in a region because what is happening in that house. I give you a story. You think about Bethel. Have you, have you ever heard of Bethel Church? Jim, I'm sorry, uh, um, Bill Johnson, Bill Johnson's place is considered an apostolic house. So they are planted in the city of Redding, California. But because what they do, the city of Redding, California has received a facelift. The city now responds to Bethel. That Bethel is now lending money to the city. They need new highways. Bethel is like, let me write you a check. 
What happens is they begin to do schools of the Spirit. They're doing school, a Bethel school of worship. And they get people that are coming in from all over the world. They come in to be a part of what God's doing at Bethel. So then they go on their break and they saturate the land. They're at Whataburgers, at McDonald's, they're at, I said Whataburger, wow. I'm from Texas, man. Taco Cabana, no. But they, they go and they begin to saturate their land. So people are like ants everywhere. And as they're out there everywhere, what's happening is the students are praying for the sick. In all the restaurants, people are getting set free. And miracles and signs and wonders are happening. And the city responds to the apostolic house in the region. That's what this place is called to be. That in Stryker, new businesses will be popping open. Call it what we, we can call it whatever we want to call it. Oh, just to, no, I don't believe that. I believe we are seeding the land. We are seeding the land. And heaven is responding to what we are doing in this area. That's right, prayer and intercession. Holy Ghost. People will begin to have new businesses. Abandoned buildings. Come on. Abandoned buildings and houses will begin to receive renovations. Places where people were, the drug addicts were hanging out, they'll, they'll be renovated. And the people will be set free. I, I, I met somebody one day, and they were, they were actually right next door to a, a crack place in, or whatever, drug home. And they called themselves an apostolic, and they had been there for like five years. But there had been no change. You see, we have to be a change. When the apostolic houses are established, there's a power and anointing that comes, and the fresh wells will be dug. And that's what we're doing right now. What is Emerging Streams doing? We are digging wells in a region we're digging wells and the people that are connected to the house. Come on, we are building family. We are building community. And in the process of, of building an, a, 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 an apostolic house, there's things that happen. There's a transition in the leadership models. There's a transition in how we think and how we see the pastors and how we see the prophets. One of the ways we see a transition is, is living in a culture of honor. Living in a culture of honor. Sometimes we live in a place where we get so familiar. Oh, that's just Pete. We do. We can travel all over the world and we can do meetings. There'll be 500, 600, 200 people, sometimes 20 people. We go to places all over the world and people are hungry. But then when you come to your local house, oh, it's just Pete. It's just Alice. I'm not saying about you guys. Don't get me wrong. I'm not, this, is not, I'm not, this is not a rebuke. What I'm this, is, this is an overall thing. Because we live in a culture of honor that we have to learn how to value those that God puts in place. That's how, that's how we see the apostolic established. One of the ways we show honor to the leaders is by submitting to the authority. Hebrews 13, 17 says this. That's Hebrews 13, 17 for those that are writing notes. Obey your leaders and submit to them in the Lord. That's the key, in the Lord. For they are keeping watch over your souls. As those who will have given an account, let them do this with joy and not with groaning. For what would be of no advantage to you? At the same time, the leaders are instructed how to honor the, the entire body 
by serving those that they lead. That's in 1 Peter 5, verses 1 and 3. It says this, The elders among you, I appeal as fellow elder and witness of Christ's sufferings, who also will share in the glory to be revealed. The shepherds of God's flock that is under your care, watching over them, not because you must, because you are willing. God wants you to be, listen, we, we, we don't have to do what we do. We do it because we love it. We love you. We honor you. And as leaders, you have been entrusted to us, the pastors and the leadership, that we can show you a way and teach you in love. Because, see, a house that lacks accountability is a house that promotes rebellion. I'll say that again. A house that lacks accountability is a house that promotes rebellion. A rebellious body is a powerless body. Rebellion is a form of witchcraft. So when you function out of rebellion and you begin to do things against the authority of the leadership of the apostle or the pastors, what happens is you begin to move out of rebellion. We must walk in humility and trust ourselves with others because rogue Christianity is a prideful path to self-righteousness. The reason why I'm sharing is because I'm talking about building the, the apostolic house. <clears throat> so, here at the Emerging Streams, we will serve as an apostolic and revival hub for the city of Stryker, Ohio and all the surrounding areas. And when I say revival, I'm not talking about revival that's been used or prostituted, that word. I'm talking about revival in the sense of the culture of heaven. Jesus is a refreshing. Jesus is revival. <clears throat> Emerging streams will be a hub of revival that will equip, activate, and send out. Each, post, I'm sorry, each person that is sent out is a representation of what God is doing in the hub. Because, see, you're going to be launched out. We have been here about a year and, what, two, three months maybe? I don't know. Just about a year, a little bit, maybe a little bit more. But in the past year, we have already launched a nine-week school of the prophets. We have launched a five-week school of the school of the Spirit, teaching people how to walk in the anointing, how to walk in the power and the presence and the glory. We've also launched a, a five-week course on the kingdom culture, the culture of honor. We've done outreach and evangelism. We've seeded the land. Listen, we have, I'm just talking in one year that we've been here. And when I say we, I'm saying as an apostolic house. We have seeded the land with the prophets, the evangelists, the teachers, and the prophets and the apostles. We've had Todd Bentley here, Stephen Powell, Rob Rodosti, Tina Baker, Michael Lombardo, Brandon Cornelius, Joan Hunter, Travis Hallen, uh, Darren Canning. And every time we bring somebody in, those are seeds that are planted in the region. That's why we're seeing an impact. Peter, if I can get you to come on up here. So what can we expect? What's next? What's next for us? Here's three things that I know for sure. Training, equipping, and demonstration. 
when people walk into this facility, I wonder when they drive by that they can feel the tangible presence of God. This is a true story. When there was one moment when I was a youth pastoring at that time. We were preparing to go out to the streets of San Antonio, downtown. And I had a group of kids, and we were worshiping inside our house. We lived on the property at that time, and we were worshiping on the house approximately like maybe uh, two acres away from the street. We're worshiping the Lord, preparing to go out and do an outreach. Two men, gangbangers, were walking by the street. Decked out in their colors. They're walking down the street. Literally, it's about at least an acre or two to hit the street. And as they're walking down the street, the power of God hit them. Like literally, the power of God came and fell on them. That they came to the door on the property where we were staying. And they knocked on the door. And they said, uh... I opened the door, and we're like, well, yes, how can we help you? I mean, they're gangbanging. They got their rags out. They, they're, they're flowing their black rags. And they said, we were walking, and we felt something pull us in here. Something pulled us to the door. So then I had all the kids in there between the ages of 12 and 15 years old worshiping the Lord. And we were praying for what we were going to do when we hit the urban city, the downtown area. They come to the door, and I had all the kids behind me. So then I opened up the door, and they all came out. And they began to pray for these young men. And they encountered Jesus. But what they said was this. They said, as I was walking down the street, we felt something supernaturally pull us to knock on the door. And then it came out that these guys were part of the gangs that were downtown. You know, and I have a history with gangs, and so I knew who they were talking about. But they made it a way where they were going to tell all the people for when we went down there to minister to all the, all the, the crew out there. You see, when you begin to see the land and you begin to see the region, heaven begins to respond. The earth begins to respond. People will drive down this street like, oh my God, I just feel the presence of God. I got to go to this place. That they walk in the room. We've had people come that used to come to this church 20 years ago. They walk in here. They go in there. They don't know what to expect because they're so wounded and hurt. But they go in there. They encounter God. Something is drawing the people back. People are coming. People that were hurt. People that were wounded. Because the apostolic house is being established. And they will respond. We will do leadership training programs that will be designed to push individuals beyond their perceived limits. Understanding their purpose and their destiny and how to walk in it. We will do live classrooms, online television. We're going to be doing spring, summer, and fall internships. We're going to teach people how to walk in a supernatural lifestyle. Leadership training and equipping and activating. We're going to teach you how to impact a culture. And I'm not talking culture as in a race. I'm talking a culture, a lifestyle of heaven. We're going to do intensive marketplace ministry. We're going to go out. Worship schools and training. Unlocking the seer inside of you. The prophetic, the realms. Walking in the kingdom mandate and raising the sons and daughters. This will be known as the eagle's nest, the place where the new breed will be launched out of. Come on. We will be the builders and the connectors for the leaders of our city. Come on, we saw that. Favor with the director of the Chamber of Commerce in Bryan. 
came to us and allowed us to do something. And Brian, that's that's the Lord. We will uncap the wells of healing, miracles for our nation and our city. We will unify the body with one sound. One body, one sound. That's His sound. There's a frequency of heaven that is finely tuned for the voice of the bride. And we're all carriers of that.